with wrestling cards getting more popular, people are reaching further and further to discover wrestling card sets. Today's topic, no exception. We're talking about the 1999 WCW Thunder trading card game set. But more important discussion here may be, do we see a future in wrestling cards as far as trading card games go? I'm Zan. This is Wrestling With Cards, the podcast, an audio companion to my YouTube channel of the same name, Wrestling With Cards. Make sure to go check out the channel, hit that subscribe button, share it all over social platforms. A link to that channel is in the show notes. So I want to start by talking about the TCG, and for those who don't know what stands for trading card game, aspect of this 99 WCW Thunder set. We all know TCGs are popular. Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Dragon Ball Z, Digimon. There's all kinds of other things out there that are trading card games that people are a fan of the cards of. People love them. They like playing with them. They like the art. They like to construct decks and compete in the actual game where there's, you know, actual world championships and prizes to be won, exclusive cards, trophy cards. We see TCG cards now being graded and in some cases selling for thousands of dollars. But it seems like the wrestling card community is somewhat split on this topic. Many that I hear talk about wrestling cards, and no disrespect because I'm not agreeing or disagreeing, they don't consider these actual cards. We have seen people saying now that the popular 97 Cardinal Trivia cards aren't actually wrestling cards, despite them going for hundreds or thousands of dollars and people in the grading company saying, hey, these are cards, we're going to grade them. In some cases, we're seeing these even sell for more money than what actual wrestling cards of those same superstars are selling for. Personally, I am all about the weird stuff. And I'm going to consider stuff like TCG cards weird, uh, food product cards, you know, wrestling cards out of the Carnation Hot Chocolate set, the Quaker Dips cards, and this goes beyond wrestling, just kind of any oddball products, I feel like taking the cards or the collectibles, transforming them into something outside of what they are not intended to be, creates yet another added rarity scarcity factor. And if you have that layered on top of these cards or these collectibles, you know, that are intended to be used for gameplay, they're going to be more condition sensitive. So I'm talking about things like, of course, the TCG, train cards, video games, action figures, again, things in food products. These things, they had, you know, uses. They were not intended to necessarily be collectibles. Or if it was, say, something, you know, it's funny, we talk about cereal, the prizes in cereals. And used to, it was like, oh, these are for kids. This is a fun thing to get kids, to get their parents to buy these items because it has this cool collectible in it for the kids. Well, now we're seeing adults like scooping the collectibles off the shelf that's got food, you know, the cereal products that have the Pokemon cards in it. People are raking those in. Or maybe if it has a collector's, you know, athlete on the front of the box, limited edition or some people are scooping those up. So this isn't a new idea. It's just something that's kind of being pushed to the forefront, I think, currently, because we're seeing things sell for such high amounts. Sometimes these items are not going to be as liquid as, say, you know, for wrestling purposes, 85 Tops Hogan, uh, 95 WCW Main Event Steve Austin. 
you know, those cards are cards that are pretty liquid. You know, people are going to get them graded raw, whatever. If you got them priced right, you can pretty much get rid of them on the secondary market. In some cases, like I said, these kind of oddball things are not as liquid, but in some cases they are. And again, I'll use the Rocky Maivia card as an example from the 97 Cardinal game, as well as the Panini sticker of the Rock from 97. Those things have just shot up in value. Sure, we've seen some dips here and there. We currently have a couple of them at the Golden Auctions, which should be ending here pretty soon. So it'll be interesting to see what that sells for. And that will definitely be something that's featured in my market watch video on my channel. Once again, please go check out the YouTube channel and check out all the videos and then, you know, pause the show, come back and finish it. And now a quick word from our sponsors. And let's get back into the show. Okay, we're back. So it doesn't take a huge market to have a market per se. And Rob England, you know, really explained this to me. I, I knew the concept, but he really drove it home that, you know, as long as there is a market, it doesn't have to be huge. And what I'm seeing on the secondary market is a lot of times, all it takes is one person to have interest. And generally speaking, if you like these cards, there's somebody else or items, you know, collectibles, whatever. There's somebody else out there that's actually going to be a fan as well. And chances are there's a multiple of those. So there's always going to be a market for something. That's just kind of my thoughts on the fringe wrestling cards and collectibles. But now, you know, we're here to talk about this set. So let's look at these cards. I did this video a while back. And since doing that, I went back through and I've really changed my mind on these cards. Uh, there are some pros, but I, in my opinion, there are more cons. First, the pros. I liked the lightning and the blue design of the card. Again, I show these off in the video. You can go check that out on my channel. It does make these feel like they are a product of WCW Thunder. So, you know, it matches the title name. I think that lines up really well with the colors and the aesthetics. They picked some good names to feature in these cards at the time as well. I mean, some of the top stars of 99. Interesting to see a yellow and red Hulkamania imagery returning in this card set after, you know, the previous two years we had just, actually, I guess it would have been almost three, 96, that he turned and he was NWO Hollywood Hogan. We had known that for so long. And then this card set is like his first return, I believe, of the red and the yellow. Looking back, I thought the photography on these was a little bit strange. For some reason, I can't quite put my thumb on it, why I think it's weird. The cards didn't have anything on them besides the symbol, the number. And then they, they did attempt to do that, you know, old school WWF in the 80s and early 90s. They did that awesome thing where each wrestler had their own custom logo for their name and it had like a gimmick with it or you guys know they used them on the backdrops of promos and all of these things and it was just very memorable they tried to do that with these cards but i just don't think they really stood out like those old school wwf character logos but hey you know what they tried there just weren't any cards in here that i would deem like cool enough or important enough to grade or, you know, I like to talk about key cards in a set that, hey, this may go up because of this reason. This may be important to the hobby because of this reason. I just couldn't personally find any cards in this set that I would say that. Now, I will say that the three Macho Man cards in here are awesome. I'm also a really big fan of one of the Diamond Dallas Page cards in here. He's doing the Diamond Cutter sign and the, the photo that they use is just fantastic. 
So those four cards are really awesome. The rest, I could probably take a pass on. In fact, actually, I was able to take a pass on the whole set. I was able to sell the whole set not too long ago to a fellow wrestling card collector. Shout out Nick at Nick Gino K on Twitter. I made a very small profit, but the more important thing was I was able to move these cards to somebody who did appreciate them, who does collect sets. So it was a win-win for all, all parties involved. And honestly, that's what the hobby is all about. And then that's another thing. Just because I don't like the cards in this set or I don't like the set at all or I don't like set collecting doesn't mean you have to think the same way as me. You may love certain things and that's cool and it takes all kinds of collectors at all different levels, price points, styles, etc. to make this hobby work. I just try and give my thoughts and perspectives on the cards just to try and get as much information and as much education as I can out to the public. I'm no expert by any means, but the whole reason I started creating wrestling card content is because at the time I started, nobody else was really doing it, and I really wanted to help people learn about not only the cards, but also the history of wrestling in the way that I knew how. And that's what I plan on continuing to do. Thanks for checking out the podcast today. Hopefully I brought you guys some value. Make sure to check out links in the show notes to all of my social pages, my eBay store. Make sure to go to the YouTube channel. Make sure to check out the other podcast I'm involved with, Worlds Collide with Tony Vela from WrestlingTrainingCards.com. Thanks again for all the support. I'll catch you next time.